Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yes, indeed. Good morning. Good Saturday morning to you. The final Saturday of the year. We are in the beginnings of our Smart Garden Show, our Lawn and Garden Talk Thanks to Master Gardener Teresa Rooney joining us this morning, answering all of those lawn and garden questions. Happy New Year, Teresa. Thanks for joining us on this holiday weekend. Happy New Year, Denny. I'm so happy to be with you today on this so... last Saturday of the year. Yeah, and I, was try- I can't even think how many years uh, we've been enjoying your expertise along with Mary and uh, Julie and all the other gang from the U of M uh, it's been quite a few years, hasn't it's it? It's been a long time, two, three, four hundred years, something like that. <laughs> something like that. But who's counting? <laughs> who's, counting? who's counting? Who's uh, counting? If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, this is uh, this is the show you want to call in or text in, either one. Let me give you the number. Uh, we'd love to hear your voice. If you want to call in, otherwise just send your lawn or garden question via text, 651-461-9226, 651 651- Four six one nine two two six, and if you are a, a regular listener to the show, you know that we tend to get really busy. So, don't wait. Uh, we talk uh, lawns and gardens fifty-two weeks a, a year here 
on the show and, and have a good time doing it. Uh, Teresa, uh, you know, obviously we've had no snow or there's such mm-hmm. a, a few amounts of snow this season. It's 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 kind of amazing, too, and it's kind of – well, scary. let me put it this way. Yesterday – yeah, it was yesterday I finally finished dormant seating. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, yesterday and what, the end of December, and I thought I would yep. be done by mid-November maybe mm-hmm. uh, before. Uh, but I'm getting a little concerned, I'm sure – People who own uh, ski yep. resorts and and uh, snowplowers and all that, uh, but this is this is kind of concerning as far as lawns and sh- uh, shrubs and things like that, right? It's very concerning. In fact, Julie got together with some experts from the arboretum and and they came up with some ideas that we might want to think about and things like like I know my soil is not frozen yet. I went out there and had to pick up some stuff and put it back in the soil because the bunnies had knocked it over the squirrels. Uh, So if your soil is not frozen and you've got evergreens, you may want to give them some water. Uh, If you've got newly planted plants, you may want to cover them with some uh, two or three inches or four inches of of mulch or um, wood chips or leaves or something like that to give them a little bit of protection. But watering the soil, if it's dry, will really help those plants because they need water. But it also slows down quick freezing because the wet soil takes a longer time to cool down and it'll hold some of the heat that it has so those plants can then not get shocked and the frost won't go so deep. And uh, remember to protect the, the the upper part of the plants from the bunnies and the deer. So put up the, those fences if you haven't put them up already, that protection. And as you heard before, Teresa, we've had uh, listeners call in who have shut off their outside faucets, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but have used buckets of water to uh, bring, in the bring meantime. Bring some buckets of water. Consider it your upper body strength and your workout. Uh, skip <laughs> yeah. a day at the gym and just water some plants instead, maybe. Yeah, especially since, uh, again, I, I haven't checked my if the ground is frozen yet, but if it, mm-hmm. if it is, it's got to be just a half an inch or something. Yeah, yep. and if the uh, ground's frozen, you don't want to be watering. So those folks who have a yeah. snow cover, you're really lucky. Or if your ground's frozen, you're fine. But if your ground's not frozen and the soil's dry, give some of those plants a drink of water. Yeah. And if you were one of those lazy veggie gardens gardeners and your kale is still up, you're probably still eating kale. Uh, because it's just getting sweeter and sweeter up there if the bunnies haven't taken it off for that. you yet. Teresa, mm-hmm. let's uh, grab a phone call. Tim is uh, checking in from uh, Woodbury this morning, I do believe. Uh, Tim, good morning. Uh, thanks for calling. What's your question for Teresa? So, Teresa, I have a pretty nice yard. I fertilize it every year and aerate and detach. And in the back, I noticed that I had a weed that I couldn't get rid of. So I brought it in uh, to a local gardening store, and they identified it as quack grass. And I have not been able to find anything to get rid of that, and it just keeps spreading um, across my backyard. The quackgrass is, Tim, that's a really good question. That's a really hard plant to eradicate. It uh, grows uh, underground very quickly, and when you pull it up and break off the roots, the roots now are like two or three pieces, so they have two or three plants that they can grow from. Um, You may, if it's that aggressive in your yard you may want to take something that kills all the vegetation 
something that is a, a total weed killer and you're going to ha- you can't use a broadleaf weed killer on it because it's a grass so you're going to have to use something that kills all the vegetation and then wait the appropriate time and then maybe reseed and start that lawn over again uh, that's something you can do but if you do go that route make sure that you've read the the weed killer instructions um, and I, I'm talking something like I'm going to use a, a generic term here, like a glyphosate or a Roundup or something like that, something that kills everything it touches. And uh, just read the instructions and follow them because it's probably too cold to do that now. But you could do some pulling up of the weed right now and then just hit that new stuff in the spring when it starts to grow again with that with that all-purpose weed killer. But make sure it does say that it kills quack grass on it. It's going to kill your other grass there too. And it's going to kill any dandelions or anything else you have. But uh, that may be something that you want to do because quack grass is a hard grass to get rid of. And it's very aggressive. Boy, it sounds like it. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a monster. <laughs> it can be a monster. You've got to be pretty pretty on the spot when you see it and get rid of it quite right away. Or it, or it will multiply just crazy. As you know, to read, by the way, if you're just joining us, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney is answering those lawn and garden questions for you this morning here on CCO on this last Saturday of the year. Um, and and, and what, maybe at this point I'd like to, to mention, like we always like to do, the University of Minnesota website, the extension website, uh, extension.umn.edu. And the reason I brought that up, one of the many reasons, not only is a lot of great information, but for those folks that still like to take care of their lawns, mm-hmm. there's a whole calendar that you can check out there, right, Teresa? There's a great calendar, and there'll be information about quackgrass on there too, but all kinds of good stuff that you can learn. Okay, extension.umn.edu. Yeah. Uh, and you we'll can information about quackgrass on there, too, but all kinds of good stuff that you can learn. Okay, extension.umn.edu. Yeah. Uh, we'll you mention can also, that again. Yep, yeah, you can also connect to Master Gardeners on there. So if you, you go down the page and you can ask a Master Gardener questions. Excellent. Here is a question that came in from a listener via 651 can I thin out my blueberry canes now, or do I have to wait another month for snow and even colder weather? You could probably do your thinning now. The, the canes have gone dormant. Take out those older canes uh, to to promote some new growth. Yep, you could do that. And what about tree trimming? This is We're getting into the season now, the dead of winter, as we like to say. Mm-hmm. That, that's pretty safe, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's safe for just about every tree now. Uh, do uh, If you have any questions about some of your trees, uh, uh, they like a different time of pruning, so just double-check with the extension website, extension.umn.edu. But now's a great time to do trimming on some of those wheat, uh, trees. Now, if we can just back up a little bit to trimming out our perennials in our gardens, you want to kind of wait for that a little bit um, because you want there may be insects and bees living in those hollow stems, so don't be cutting everything back right now. Just leave it standing for a little while longer. Okay. If you have a uh, question, a lawn or garden type of question, we welcome yours this morning. As always, it's 651-461-9226. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here, Teresa. Reminding our listeners, we have uh, 29 degrees right now. We are heading with a, a few chances of uh, snow flurries, a better chance overnight tonight. How much? Probably less than an inch or so. Uh, but the daytime high today, 31. We dropped to 27 overnight. For New Year's Day tomorrow, gradually becoming sunny, high near 30, and then uh, New Year's Eve tomorrow night, we hit 20, with sunshine returning New Year's Day Monday near 33. 
We'll have a complete look at that forecast coming along in a matter of minutes. But right now, mostly cloudy skies, CCO temp 29. Happy New Year from all of us here at 830 WCCO. Danny Long back with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering those lawn and garden questions on our Smart Garden Show. In fact, we're here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour welcoming those uh, type of questions either by phone or by text, 651-461-9226. Well, Teresa, I called you a Master Gardener, which you are, but, you know, maybe we could kind of back up and get a little different perspective what is a master gardener exactly, and how do we become one? Oh, Daddy, that's my favorite question. Um, a master gardener is a person who loves gardening, loves to learn about gardening, and loves to share that information with their community. A master gardener is a volunteer. We go through the, um, it's basically Hort 101, Horticulture 101 through the university. We're trained by the university. And then we take that information out to our community. The first year, a master gardener is uh, going through the program. They normally have to put in 50 hours of volunteer work and then another 12 hours of education on top of the Hort 101 class. And then after that, they become a master gardener and they're certified. And then from then on, they put in at least 25 hours of volunteer work in the community and 12 hours here in Hennepin County of education every year. Um, in Hennepin County, we have close to 800 master gardeners now. So we're wow, we're, and and we can't fill all the needs. We we still can't fill all the needs, and our master gardeners work really hard. Um, we we have lots of passionate master gardeners out there, uh, and and you know this time of year we're not in our gardens, but there's a bunch of us working on programs, uh, vegetable programs or container programs or growing programs and and educational Zoom classes, and we will put those out there for the community. And this is in Hennepin County. I can speak to Hennepin County because that's where I am. Uh, we're, we put out a lot of classes on Zoom. We teach classes in person, but we also teach classes on Zoom. And those Zoom classes are open to everyone in the state. And we even sometimes get people from out of state attending those Zoom classes. Just understand that we're looking at Zone 4 or 5 here in the city. So if you're up north in Zone 3, um, adjust your adjust your expectations. But we're working really hard on programs all the time um, and, and we have meetings once a month where we bring in speakers so that we can learn more. And as a Master Gardener, we're also able to attend that Hort 101 class for free in the future as long as we keep our Master Gardener certification up so that we can get updated on the newest and best information. We're taught by the information. We're taught by the university where to find information, how to get information, and how to think about questions so that we can answer the questions that the people are asking. Uh, we can give them the information they really need. Uh, they may ask a question in a different way, but we can then decipher what they're looking for and help them figure out what they need and get them the answers they need. Uh, Master gardeners are passionate, passionate people. Uh, we all have our our little specialties that we love, but we're lots of us are generalists, and we love to answer any questions and all questions about gardening. I know no. I. I love answering questions. Well, what what got you interested? What what uh, brought you to to become a master gardener? I mean, had you, know you always loved gardening? Forever? Yeah, I have to blame that on my mom. 
Oh, um, okay. It's always your mom's fault. Uh, but uh, my mom was a, was, a, was a gardener. We had a big vegetable garden. She had houseplants, uh, beautiful houseplants. And with a large family and so much to do, I'm not sure how she grew those houseplants, <laughs> but it was benign neglect, which houseplants do best at. Uh, but she had a big garden, and, and we helped sometimes in the garden. I don't recall it ever being awful. Um, some people, you know, have gardening um, nightmares of having to weed and everything, but we just had gardening fun and good vegetables from our garden. And and then when I when I was on my own, every apartment I had house plants, and, and I was finally able to get a, a apartment with a balcony, and I was so excited. And then I got a house and and uh, put gardening out there. Uh, just happened to run into a master gardener one day teaching a class and thought, why not apply? They won't accept me because I don't know anything. But they were foolish and they accepted me and it's been a, a heaven sent opportunity since then. If you're just joining us on our Smart Garden Show, we're talking with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, welcoming your Alana Garden, any kind of Alana Garden question actually, 651-461-9226. Uh, there are a lot of men, how about the guys? Are there, are there a lot of Master Gardeners who are male? There are. When uh, a long time ago, it used to be mostly older women, and now we have a good mix, mix of men and women, and we have a wonderful mix of a lot of new young people coming in, which is wonderful to see. We see their um, their fire and their passion for uh, sustainable gardening and, and being climate ready and growing food and food justice and teaching young people and their passion is just it's just almost palpable sometimes when they come in to apply to the program it's really exciting to see uh, so now we have a really good mix of older younger men women all kinds of people um, you know, we keep hoping to get more and more people of all different um, ethnicities and and people of color and and with ideas because they bring those ideas in and and so we're trying to do more outreach in that area, and we invite them all in. But right now, the master gardeners, the, the interns, the new master gardeners are getting ready to start their classes, and they'll all be online. So even if you live far away, you can become a master gardener and take classes online so you don't have to worry about traveling to a place to get education. Sounds like good therapy, you know? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, if you're worried, if you're upset about something, you go out and do some weeding or some deadheading or growing or planting seeds. Um, you know, that, that all stuff just drains right into the soil. And, uh, you know, in my opinion, Mother Nature just restores your balance and, and gives you that peace that, that we're all looking for. So, and plus, Absolutely. you can get a tomato out of it sometimes, so life is good. Yeah, I've known to get a couple here and there, as a matter of fact. <laughs> exactly. Say, let's grab a, before we get too far adrift here, uh, let's grab a phone call. Kathy is calling in, I believe, from Brooklyn Park this morning. Thanks, Kathy. What's your question for Teresa? Good morning. Um, I have a Hoya Carnosa. I'm kind of stumped here. All of a sudden, one day, I had these black, um, like, flies, teeny tiny. Mm-hmm. And I bought some Noom oil. I forgot the name of the product, but it's got Noom oil in it. You know, it says mm-hmm. that you could spray it, wouldn't hurt the plant. Mm-hmm. And it's just not doing anything. I sprayed it. I changed the dirt. You know, it doesn't appear as though it's died. It looks healthy. But it just hasn't been doing anything for a couple of months. And it's like, I don't know what the problem is. It, there, there's The plant's under a little bit of stress 
because we haven't had a good sunshine, we haven't, it's just, it's just harder for plants in the wintertime in our environment. Our houses are a little drier. They're, they're not as happy as they could be. So they can attract insects. If you can get some good pictures of those insects, you could send that to the, to the um, Ask a Master Gardener and they can figure it out. Or you can go online to the extension website and see what those insects are. You may need to use something different than the neem oil, but always whenever you're using something on your plants, make sure it says it's okay for those plants. Uh, some plants can't handle some of the um, insecticides that we use. So you have to be careful that way. Uh, you could try giving it a good, I mean, you've already done the soil, you've already done um, the the, uh, the neem oil. You may need to do it more often. Uh, read the instructions on that and how often you have to do it. But first of all, what you need to do is identify what those little insects are. Uh, I don't know if they're a, a, what what they are. If they're a, a mite in the soil or, or what you're seeing, I'm not sure what little little black flies you could be seeing on that. Once you can identify that, that will really go a long way to help you figure out how to handle it. So if you can get some pictures or 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 uh, do some uh, looking on the extension website to see if something what you're seeing is is the insects, and then go from there. Sorry, right. I can't help you more than that, Kathy, but I wish you good luck. But the first thing when you run into a problem is to identify the insect. And if once you can identify that insect, you know who the enemy is and you know how to fight it. Good idea. Tell you what, before we break uh, for that weather forecast, let's grab another phone call. Jerry calling in this morning from Maple Grove. Thanks, Jerry. What is your question? Good morning. Uh, I have what I, I think are fruit flies um, from bananas. Now, we haven't had bananas for a couple of weeks, and we got, I think, the same bugs. Now, we haven't had bananas for a couple of weeks, and we got, I think, the same bugs. They moved into, I've got a poinsettia and some spider plants. Uh, uh, is there something uh, systemic uh, insecticide I can use in those house plants, or... Uh, the bugs are worse than ever, and they look like they're the same thing as the fruit flies. Yep. Jerry, probably what you're seeing now are fungus gnats, and probably they might have come in on the poinsettia or something like that, or they came in you know, on something, and now they've found a happy life in your in your poinsettia and your spider plants. So go to the extension website, extension.umn.edu, and go to houseplants, look at fungus gnats. They're a little insect that lives in the top just layer of soil, sometimes putting a layer of sand over the top of the soil. So when you water, the water goes down deeper, and the fungus gnats can't get to it, so they can't lay eggs, and you can interrupt the egg cycle. There are some uh, pesticides you can use, but if you can just change the conditions and dry that soil out a little bit, that will really go a long way to, to reducing those fungus gnats, um, and, and that will really help. So I would go to the Extension website and then uh, go from there. Good luck. Extension.umn.edu will mention that again. Teresa, hang on, please. We'll uh, take a break, see what that uh, forecast calls for in the uh, new year. David, you're going to be next on the phone, so don't go away here. News Talk 830-WCCO.
Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour, welcoming your lawn and garden questions this morning for Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Here's the number, either call it in or text it in, 651-461-9226. Teresa, we promised David, calling in from Afton this morning, that he would be uh, first up here with a question. David, thanks for holding. What is your question for Teresa? Is <laughs> And I think it's got that emerald ash borer. Well, hold on, David. I think we missed that first part of your uh, your question. Why don't you repeat that for us, if you would, please? I have a tree in my backyard that uh, I think has that emerald ash borer, and it's the bark is starting to come off. What am I? I know it's going to kill the tree. Uh, it certainly looks like it um, with the bark falling off. What am I supposed to do? Cut it off? Burn it? Um, I don't think the tree will survive. I was wondering what's what's the what you're supposed to do. Right. Uh, so, uh, David, um, I'm sorry to hear that. That's a tough one. Uh, so, if it's an ash tree and it does have emerald ash borer, you could bring in first of all your city forester or an arborist to diagnose that it really is an ash tree and it really has a- emerald ash borer. And from that point, they would give you some ideas about how to progress from there. But the tree will probably have to come down, uh, and then um, you do have to get rid of it. Uh, they would tell you how to get rid of it. it you could ask your city uh, city forester how you get rid of the wood from that. You don't want to move it to any other location to bring in, um, ash borers anywhere. Grinding it up will really help. Uh, but I would, first of all, talk to your city forester or get a certified arborist because a, a tree coming down is, is a big hit to your environment, and you want to make sure that that's really what's happening and that's really what has to be done. And if there's anything else you can do, or if it's something else, maybe there's just something else going on and it's not an ash tree and it's doing something else, that city forester could diagnose it for you for free, or an arborist would probably give you a good... Um, indication of what's going on and then um, you could contract with that arborist to do the work the city forester won't do any of the hard work they will just give you the diagnosis so that's where i would start Uh, contact your your parks department or your city offices if you have a city and uh, talk to them about a city forester coming out to identify that for you good luck with that good idea Texter wants to know Teresa, can i put down grass seed for dormant seeding there's no snow to cover <laughs> yep, as as Denny, uh, Denny, our professional gardener, is doing. Yeah. <laughs> professional lawn dormant cedar. <laughs> dormant cedar. Uh, I would give it a shot. Why not give it a shot? Um, especially if you could do it before the little bit of snow that we're going to get. If you're in the metro area, um, even though that snow is going to melt, it'll it'll just help that grass sink that seed sink closer to the soil and get in good seed soil contact, and then just hope for the best that the Birds don't eat all the grass seed, and the grass doesn't, and the seed doesn't rot, or something like that. But yep, if you don't have, if the ground's not frozen or or not quite frozen, and you don't have snow, go ahead and do the dormant seeding. Lawn or garden question this morning at six five one four six one nine two two six. You can call it in if you like, or you can just send a text. Here is another one. Uh, I have a blue spruce that has branches that stick out far from the main shape of the tree. May I trim those? Yep, you can go ahead and trim it back to shape. Uh, Just limit the number of branches that you have to trim because conifers, they don't have as big leaf space as as deciduous trees. So they have a lot of needles, but 
it takes a lot of needles to bring in all that energy and photosynthesizing. So limit the amount that you're pruning back and prune it back to uh, to where you still have needles coming out so you don't have a stick sticking out there. That would not be very attractive. And if I can just dump back to dormant seeding. Sure. No, I'm not going to do that. Go ahead. Let's just go on. Oh, all right. Well, you just feel free to, to jump in because a lot of, as you know, every week we get questions about dormant seeding. We so. do. We do. Um Wendy oh, I Bloom- remember what I was going to say. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, sure. Go ahead. The, the brain cells just aren't working. No coffee yet. Uh, if you're dormant seeding your whole lawn, then just remember you don't want to use um, a, a crabgrass preventer till that dormant seed is up in the spring. If you're only dormant seeding a part of your lawn, if you can remember where that is, don't put crabgrass uh, preventer in that area. Or if you have to put some little stakes or something out there to remind you not to put crabgrass in that area, crabgrass preventer. That crabgrass preventer would prevent the grass seed from sprouting. Yeah, good point. Good point. Otherwise, you're wasting a lot of time and money. Otherwise, you're wasting a lot of time and money, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wendy in Bloomington sends a text, says, what can you tell me about annual strawberries for the Minnesota home garden? Hmm. Well, I would probably go with perennial strawberries, first of all. But annual strawberries, yep, just get them up and growing fast. Get them in the ground quickly. Um, I'm not quite sure which annual strawberries you're growing there. Uh, The ones I'm more familiar with are the ones that come back every year. Uh, but just just make sure that they're going to fruit in our season so they have a certain number of days till to harvest to make sure you're hitting that. And uh, just give them a, a good amount of sunshine, the most sunshine you can give them. Protect them from bunnies, and you should be okay. Okay. Let's uh, get it to another phone call, Teresa. Barbara calling in from Maplewood this morning. Thanks, Barbara. What is your question? I don't have a question this year, but... I have an answer for the previous caller on the ash borer. Oh. Our, our neighborhood is full of of ash that are mm-hmm. dying mm-hmm. and re- being replaced by the city. But everyone that's remaining has the problem of the bark being cut off and the, the ground is covered with these chips. But mm-hmm. it's woodpeckers. Yep. And they're going after a lot of the critters that are inside. So sometimes it's woodpeckers or squirrels or something that's that's pulling that bark off. But you will see the woodpeckers and they're they're actually looking for the for the bugs inside. You'll see holes on the trees and you'll see the woodpeckers. And um, woodpeckers on your trees means they're cleaning up insects, but you don't know what they're cleaning up. So yep, that's a good right. point, Barbara. Good point. I have another uh, listener uh, point. As far as uh, critters, you know, insects, mm-hmm. uh, the listener said the advises you can send these dead bugs, insects to the entomology department at the U of M, St. Paul campus. They say it's, uh, he or she says it's a $10 fee, mm-hmm. or you can try Google Lens to identify the bug. Yep, you can try. When, when you do the, the, the apps that identify insects, try to do some extra research. Don't just go by that that identification, and that's for plants too, and uh, and then things like funguses. Be really careful if you're going to be eating those things. But uh, you need to really identify. Some of the apps are good. Um, some of the apps leave a little bit to be desired, and all apps are follow- fallible. So just double check what information you're giving, and maybe do some extra research on it. Use two different apps to identify the same the same insect or plant 
or uh, do some extra Googling and really make sure you've researched it properly so that you don't just go, oh, that's what that app said and that's right, unless you know it's right. But, um, yeah, just question that first. Okay. As you know, Teresa, we have the smartest listeners around for sure. Another uh, listener sent this uh, text about critters. Uh, we've had wonderful success using Matt, Max Catch sticky strips in reducing fruit flies and spiders, too. Another mm-hmm. sticky trap we've had good luck with is a simple pantry moth trap for catching tiny fruit-type f- uh, flies. Yep. Uh, those fungus gnats, Utah, I remember we had those yep. when I had a uh, uh, Meyer lemon tree, which I don't have anymore. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, yeah, that seemed to be, uh, they were, like, all over the place. But uh, and, so. and you can catch a lot of those by making your own sticky traps. Take a bright yellow piece of paper, put it in a Ziploc bag, um, put a little bit of oil on the outside, uh, some vegetable oil or some cheap olive oil, just a very thin coating. Hang it near the plant. And even for best results, put a light on that sticky trap so it's all night long. It's lit up bright yellow. And the the insects actually get on the oil and they can't get off because they're so small. And then you can just throw the Ziploc bag away, keep the paper, and redo it over and over again. So you mm. can make your own emergency yellow sticky trap if you need to. A homemade, you just need uh, bright yellow paper. Interesting. Yep. All right. Thanks for that, Teresa. Hang on, Teresa. We're going to take a quick okay. break. And we have more time for your lawn or garden questions, either phone or text. Keep in mind the number, 651-461-9226. 29 degrees in the Twin Cities. Have a chance of uh, some snow flurries today, a better chance overnight tonight. Uh, How much, uh, the weather folks are saying, probably less than an inch or so possible, Uh, but gradually becoming sunny tomorrow. We'll talk more weather as we move through the rest of the weekend here, this final Saturday of the new year, uh, or the old year, here on News Talk 830 WCCO. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Thanks to our friends from the U of M. And Master Gardener Teresa Rooney was uh, answering all the questions this morning here on CCO, either by phone or by text, 651-461-9226. Uh, you know what we haven't mentioned yet, and let's do, especially with the folks having relatives and friends visiting this holiday weekend, get to the Arboretum, right? Get to the Arboretum. The uh, light winter light show is, goes on through tomorrow. So you can still get one more day of that in. But there's so much out there to look at. And if you're thinking about adding any trees or shrubs, you can go out there and see what those winter evergreens actually look like. You can see the shape of the trees now, the deciduous trees, how big they're going to get and what they look like in the wintertime. You can see if they're oval or spherical or upright or weeping. You can really get a good idea maybe what that crab apple tree will look like in the wintertime with its with its crab apples if it's got persistent fruit. So there's so much you can see at the Arboretum and it's nice weather so you can do a lot of walking out there and get your get your your steps in if you need to do that and you're out in a beautiful area. And something to eat, too, if you want a snack. Something to eat. And if you need some greenery, they have a little conservatory so you can go in and, and just see some orchids and some, some cacti and things like that and just relax in the greenery. Well, you brought up a good point. Not only this time of year, any time of year. I know uh, if if you have some idea that you want to plant this tree or this plant or whatever to go out and see them actively growing mm-hmm. in the spring and summer, yep. that, oh, yeah, that would be great for you know yeah. this area or that area. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you don't have to be a member like some of us are, uh, mm-hmm. but you do have to uh, sign in online, right, to yep. get that ticket. Got to get the e-ticket, yep. And it's great because it makes parking so easy. It, it's wonderful. And it's just, it's beautiful weather, so why not go out there? This is not 50 below like we're used to, well, maybe 30 no. below. It, it, just go out there and enjoy enjoy some fresh air and enjoy the beautiful Arboretum and get some ideas for landscaping or just go out there and enjoy it. And if you want to know where it is, if you don't know, just head out west on Highway 5 to Highway 41. That's the closest intersection. Go a little bit further west, about a block or so, and you'll see it off to your left mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, was well, the Apple House closed now? I think it may the be. The Apple House is closed now, yep. yep. Okay. So you, so so you we'll, can't go we'll, to the Apple House, but there's other things you can do. And they we'll usually have that, some yeah. beautiful art. If you're if you're into art, there's some beautiful oh, yeah, that's right. art in the Reedy Gallery and places like that. And and they have some nice uh, designs and, and some displays in the, in the main um great hall there. So there's a lot of things to see. I'm looking at a text, Teresa, from a listener at High Smart Garden Program. Here's my question. Often you talk about dormant seeding lawns. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. How about dormant seeding annual vegetables such as kale, carrots, parsnip, dill, lettuce? If they are allowed to go to seed in the fall, they often start growing in the spring on their own and they do just fine. Is there any reason not to plant veggie seeds intentionally in the late fall, especially for cold tolerant crops you know that's a good idea but um, most of the time I tell people in their vegetable gardens that they should have that soil covered and protected from the elements so you would have to pull back the covering and put down the seeds and then put the covering back over it Um, it might work I would suggest rather than doing that, you think of something like winter sowing, where you actually um, plant them in milk jugs that are cut in half um, up and down. So you have a top and a bottom, and you have holes in the bottom, and you put nice wet potting soil in there, and you plant your seeds, and then you duct tape it back together again and take off the lid, and then you set it outside. And then it comes up when it's ready, and then you can transplant those little plants back into the garden, your kale. And you can get a lot of flowers that way, too. Uh, and your natives that need to go through winter stratification, that works great. It keeps them from being eaten by mice and bunnies when they're still young, and uh, squirrels can't get to them. Uh, it also means that you know where the seeds are, and they don't um, wash away with spring rains melting them. So I haven't tried just dormant seeding vegetables in the garden because of the the need to cover that garden soil and not just need, leave it bare. That would be my only concern that that the seeds would maybe rot under the under the leaves. But you could give it a try, see if it works, and you may come up with a new way of planting veggie gardens. There you go. Why not? A listener that may have joined us late again. We yes, we have talked about dormant seeding quite a bit, and I think especially because of this lack of snow, mm-hmm. but. Can I still dormant seed, the listener is asking. Maybe we should talk about what, you know, not only how to do it, but what's important about that contact with soil. Sure. So dormant seeding means you're putting down the seeds now for, say, new grass, but you don't want it to grow yet. You want it to grow in the spring. So that's why we dormant seed. We push that, that planting of the seed way out so the seed is too cold to grow it's too cold um, of an environment to, for it to grow until springtime. So then you would you would put the seeds down, and you want to say maybe 
If you have a totally bare area, you'd want five or six seeds per inch. So that's the thickness you're doing. So you're not planting them too thickly together. But then you want that seed to actually be able to touch the soil. Because if it's sitting up on top of a, of a blade of grass, a bird's going to eat it or a mouse is going to eat it or it's just going to die. It, it's not never going to grow up in the air. It's not an air plant. So you need to get that seed down to touch the soil and then it just sits there all winter it waits and waits and then when finally the ground starts warming up and we get enough light and the warmth the air temperature is warm enough that seed will then put down roots and start to grow and thicken up your lawn so that's dormant seeding so you can do it when it's still nice and gentle and gentle spring weather it's not the middle of hot summer trying to grow baby plants and then you you just get so that's dormant seeding we're seeding in the fall or the early early winter to have that seed come up in the spring that is something after working with you from time to time that is something you don't have to be concerned about because you you have a different type of lawn don't you (laughs) i have a no turf yard and and i can't tell you how much easier it is for me Uh, i just have plants out there and uh, trees and shrubs and and lots of ground plants and perennials, and I put in some veggies and containers and things like that. Um, it just makes it so much easier. Uh, I don't have a lot of weed issues. I have very few weeds in my yard, and um, it, it just makes it easier. So you just do the hard work on the front part of planting all the perennials and getting them up and growing and thinking of ecosystems and everything working together. And then I just step out of it and let Mother Nature do most of the work. And occasionally I'll get in there and do something. But for the most part, she just takes care of it. She's my unpaid gardener and does all the heavy lifting. Listener wants to know, I've heard you talk about a bee lawn before. Yeah, we have talked. And what is that, they want to know? A bee lawn, if you think of a regular, think of a golf course, there's no flowers out there. Uh, Bees aren't going to be happy. Or you think of a typical lawn, it's just green. There's no flowers out there. Bees aren't going to be happy. But when you start to grow plants like white clover or creeping thyme or self-heal or stuff like that where it's low growing, you can still walk on it. You still have a lot of grass, but you have a lot of little plants that are flowering. Then your bees come in and they can actually find the nectar and the pollen that they're looking for. With a bee lawn, you have to understand you're not going to be using uh, pesticides out there because you could probably kill bees. You won't be using a lot of herbicides out there, the broadleaf herbicides, because those broadleaf herbicides would be killing the flowers. So you're going to have to do some more hand weeding. If you get something out there that's a a creeping charlie that you don't want, you're going to have to hand weed that rather than using an herbicide on it. But a bee lawn is just a a little bit easier. It's uh, to my to my mind, it looks prettier because it's not just green. It's got green with flowers in it, so it's kind of like a bouquet out in your front yard, greeting everyone, and their bees and the and the little um, hoverflies and things like that can find food and nectar and places to live. They may even find places to raise young out there, or not raise young, but lay their eggs. And and you start to create an ecosystem. You still have to mow it because you have uh, grass that you want to walk on. So you're still mowing it, but you're mowing it high enough so that that your flowers are still there. That's a bee lawn. And the university website has a lot of information on bee lawns, extension.umn.edu. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, a lot of folks, some folks don't like uh, like clover, white clover, but the mm-hmm. bees love white clover, the right? The bees love white clover. And, and actually, clover is one of those plants we call a nitrogen fixer. 
It has little nodules on its roots that actually absorb nitrogen from the air. And then as those roots die, those little nodules just kind of break down and they release nitrogen into the soil. And nitrogen is the part that helps the green of the leaves. So it helps the leaves. So it actually feeds your lawn. And before the 50s, when chemicals were so important, uh, people would buy lawn seed with clover mixed in because it was it was feeding the lawn. Yeah, so. how about that? Well, people are much more aware of the need for the pollinators now, for sure. Yep. And we're glad to see that. Teresa, we are out of time. Let me uh, wish you a happy new year. And, and I, I know wish we'll, you a happy new year. Thank you. And I know we'll uh, speak again in the new year. See you next year. Have a safe new year, everyone. Thank you. Thank you very much. Master Gardener Teresa Rooney on CCO this morning. Uh, We're going to be talking with Andy Lindis. Now, what uh, just to alert you, uh, not to phone in because the show was pre-recorded, but we'll uh, we'll have that next hour, of course, our home improvement hour, as we always do. Uh, It is an encore performance, as we say. Meanwhile, in the Twin Cities, there's a chance of flurries today. Uh, not a great chance, about a 40% chance. What's the high today? Near 31. We dropped to 27 overnight with maybe a little less than an inch of snow. Sunshine will return tomorrow near 30. Right now, mostly cloudy skies. CCO temperature reading 29. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.